Good morning. Welcome to Celebration Church. Let's all join together, stand together as our campuses join together with us over in Appleton and Stevens Point. Let's recite together the Apostles' Creed. This is our statement of faith. This is who we are and what we believe at Celebration Church. We believe in God, the Father Almighty, the creator of heaven and earth. We believe in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who for us and for our salvation was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended to the dead, and on the third day he rose again. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again to judge the living and the dead, and his kingdom will have no end. We believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Christian Church, the fellowship of believers, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. You may be seated. Good to have you with us. Again, good morning to those over in Stevens Point and Appleton, as well as those who watch us all over northern Wisconsin on television and people who watch us all over the world on the internet. We have a special event coming up with our friend Brad Stein, who we haven't seen him in a while, but he's coming up and is going to be doing a series of comedy events starting at Stevens Point, then Appleton, and ending up at, here at Green Bay. Uh, Brad sent up a little promotional video. Let's take a look at that right now. Hi folks, it's me, God's comic, Brad Stein. I'm here with Johnny W. If you've never seen Johnny W, he goes out on the road. He's very funny, he's got a guitar, mm. and he's trying to earn money to get the rest of the vowels in his last name. That's right. So you can help this man actually have a legitimate last name as opposed to the illegitimate man he's been for so long. Really Johnny, what do you think about me? I'm excited to be working with Brad uh, for the first time ever. Two for the road comedy tour. You know, mm -hmm. you've been doing comedy in churches for a while, Brad, and I just read a recent report that said that 86% of people, when invited by a friend, will attend church. They will accept that invitation. Now, I know what you're thinking. Hey, how do we know that that's biblically true? I'll mm. tell you why. We've got a pie chart right here. Boom. How can we make that up? 86% yeah. of people invited by friends will go to church. But here's something I really want you to know. Right. What if you got a friend out there who doesn't want to go to church? Big sinner, probably your parents, they want to go to church, but nobody's invited them. Well, guess what? If a comedian mm -hmm. is going to be at church, specifically in Micah, it says Brad Stein and Johnny W. Mm -hmm. Look how many percentage show up for that show. Boom. That's, That's exactly not what I was thinking it was going to yeah, be. Yeah, I really thought that number would be bigger. Yeah. Let me tell you how much we love Celebration Church. We are going to come to all three of your campuses, but we're going to make it three separate nights in a row because mm. we can't, we're not holograms. We have to actually show up physically. Stephen Point, we've decided to start with you people because you're special and you need special help. Mm. September 29th, we're going to be at Stevens Point Celebration Church performing me and Johnny W. September 30th, me and Brad at your Appleton campus. Very excited. <laughs> Boy, are you. And let's not forget September 31st, or as what they say in Green Bay, October 1st. Beautiful. We're going to be right there with Mark Gunger. Mark will be doing a special interpretive dance in a loincloth. Oh, wow. I can't wait for that. I know. Very excited. Anyways, that's how much we love Celebration Church. And we're going to celebrate together. Two for the roads. Two of the funniest men in the history of the whole world are going to be there. I wouldn't normally say that, but I'm the only one here. Yeah, who's going to debunk it? And get your tickets at highgearpromotions.com today. Do it. All right. We'll be watching you. And if you don't... You're going to hell. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you won't go to hell, but you do want to get your tickets and, uh, and check that out. <laughs> 
Yeah, you can wait for the loincloth. That ain't going to happen anytime soon. All right. Uh, we have a special baptism service coming up September 6th through our campuses. If you have not been baptized since you've come to faith in Christ, uh, you really should do it, especially as an adult. So uh, sign up at the guest services counter at the various campuses and, uh, and get in on the classes, kind of getting you ready for it, and uh, that baptismal service. First Wednesday in September. Is it the first Wednesday? Yeah. So this is when we begin our Wednesday night Bible studies again, which I know all of you have changed your lives and are planning to attend this next year. Amen. So we're excited about that. Okay. Edwin and Abby, come here. Come here. Bring those new church people that you brought. We want to see them. They're new visitors. Good. Yes. Come here. Come here. Look at these new people coming to church. <laughs> Look at these little angels. These are the latest members of Celebration Church. Hello, ladies. How are you? Very nice with your bows and stuff this morning. What are their names? Trinity. Trinity? And Serena. And Serena. I'm not sure how you'll tell the two apart, but anyway, that's very cool. Well, anyway, bless you guys. Congratulations. That's fabulous. We love babies. I'm a baby freak, so I had to go bring them up here. All right. Very cool. Before I begin my message today, I have a, a letter I want to... I got this, we got this email yesterday, and it's just a sign of how this church is affecting so many people's lives all around us and even around the world. As I travel around the world, literally people come to me who say, I came to faith in Jesus uh, because of this broadcast or this or that. Uh, I was in uh, uh, the Czech Republic, uh, which is still primarily overwhelmingly atheistic because of the Soviet Union that had control of it, but Christianity is slowly making a comeback. I had a lady there who came up to me and, uh, and uh, introduced herself. She said, I want you to know that I started watching your internet broadcasts, and I came to faith in Jesus as a result. Her life's changed for eternity because of what we're doing. Very cool. But listen, listen to this email. She says, Pastor Mark, my wife and I have been listening and watching you for quite a few years. We live in Shano, but due to her inability to travel, we've never actually attended in person. When you're on, though, everyone visiting or staying with us must remain silent. <laughs> yes. All right. Uh, we love you, your stories, your sermons. She, however, is slowly passing away from me uh, here at Nina Intensive Care Unit as I write this. With a torn heart and according to her wishes, I have to remove her life support. She loves God, has been baptized, reads her Bible daily, and pray that we'll be with each other throughout eternity. Please pray for her tomorrow. She is semi-sedated and we'll be listening together tomorrow for the last time. So one of her final acts is with her husband. She wants to watch this broadcast as a... Uh, as she will be unplugged and off to eternity she goes. Let's, let's honor this request, shall we? Let's just pray for these people. Her name's Linda. Father, we thank you for these people who we've been able to touch through the faithfulness of this church, these congregation, Stevens Point Appleton here in Green Bay. And Lord, we pray for her, that you would cover her with great grace, surround her with your arms, take her into eternity to be with you forever. Great grace for her husband and their family. Thank you, Lord. We rejoice that 
For us, death is never a demotion. It is the ultimate promotion into your presence. And we thank you for it in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. Amen. These are the kind of lives you're helping to touch. When you get to heaven, people like this are going to come up to you and say thank you. Thank you for helping me. And you're going to look at them and say, what are you talking about? I, I don't even know you. Yeah, when you helped supported that church, it made it possible for me to hear the good news about Jesus. That's what we're doing. That's what Jesus talked about when he said to lay up treasures in heaven where moth and rust do not corrupt and the stock market doesn't go like this. All right. We are studying the significant events of the Old Testament in a series, um, kind of taking a look at why we're here, how we get here, how did this all happen, who is Jesus, the Messiah, who are the Jewish people, who was Moses, how did they end up in Egypt in the first place, how did all this stuff happen, and we've been looking at this as we've been going through the book of Genesis, which is the book of beginnings, and uh, we are now, we've gone through all the major events of the Old Testament uh, so far in Genesis, and we've looked at the three major patriarchs of the Jewish nation, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Now, Jacob has a son by the name of Joseph. Joseph has these dreams of his brothers and family someday bowing before them. He shared with them their dreams. They got really angry at him. They didn't like it. He was a little bit of a snot, I think. He was tattling on his brothers and stuff, as we read earlier. And he was Pop's favorite one and uh, kind of the life of luxury for this boy. Well, his brothers got very envious. And at one point, they came up with a plot to kill him. And one of the brothers said, man, don't kill him. He's our brother. Let's, you know, sell him. So they, thank you. So they take him and sell the boy off to a band of traveling Ishmaelites coming through on their camels. They said, let's sell it to these guys. And they went and told dad that, ah, poor Joseph, an animal got him and, you know, he's dead. And of course, dad uh, was very much struggling with that. Let's pick up the story now in Genesis, the 39th chapter. Now, Joseph had been taken down to Egypt. Potiphar, an Egyptian who was one of Pharaoh's officials, the captain of the guard, bought him from these Ishmaelites who had taken him there. The Lord was with Joseph so that he prospered and he lived in the house of his Egyptian master. I want you to understand this and and I want to emphasize this. Here is a guy, life is not turning out the way he expected. This is not what he was hoping for. His brothers betray him, sell him off into slavery. He's now a slave. He is now a slave for Potiphar. He has been a very uh, comfy boy in his life. He was dad's favorite. Pops has got lots of money. They're an extremely wealthy family at this point. And he has the life of Riley, man. And he has the nicest coat, the coat of many colors that everybody was jealous of. And he's got it made. Now, boom, just like that. He's sold into slavery, and now he has to do what he is told, and he has to serve his master, and he has to clean up, and he has to do all the work, something he's never done in his life before. You talk about an opportunity to cry, moan, and groan, and bellyache, and say, God, why are you letting this happen to me? But that's not what he does. He takes his circumstances, he takes the lemons he's handed, and he turns them into lemonade. And he starts being the best servant he can possibly be. And he starts to prosper. I want you to understand this, because a lot of times people come up to me and they tell me why they can't prosper. Pastor, I can't succeed. I got this terrible job. I hate this job. I can't be happy. Pastor, I, I, I can't do this. I can't do that because of my circumstances. Listen, I've always warned you, don't live in the world of I'd rather be and if only. 
Enjoy your life right now. These circumstances will change. All these things change. Trust God. You say it's hard. I know, but the Bible says weeping may endure for a night, but joy comes in the morning. Our joy comes from Christ. Oh, Pastor, I can't be happy. Oh, I need a new car. Oh, if only I had a nicer house. Only if I had married that idiot instead of the other idiot. Oh, I'd be so much happier. Always looking for something else to change. I can't be happy because of this. My friends don't like me. My teacher doesn't think I'm nice. People aren't fair to me. Somebody call me a poopy head. Whatever the deal is, everybody has their reasons why they can't be happy. And I'm telling you, you can. You can succeed. Enjoy the road you're on, people. Life is short. Enjoy the journey. Sometimes it's hard. I know, but enjoy it. Look at the flowers along the road. Wave at the people. The road you're on might be a dead end. Say, how will you know when you get to the end? If it's a dead end, turn around, go another road. You know how people get depressed because they try something and it fails? Oh, Pastor, my wife and I tried this thing and it didn't work out and now our lives are just awful. Ah, Stop. Pick yourself up, put on your big boy panties, turn around and go another way. Why are you wearing panties in the first place? (laughs) That's another sermon. All right, now. Now, when his master saw that the Lord was with him and that Lord gave him success in everything he did, and again, how much this guy understood the Lord is highly (laughs) unlikely. Remember the Old Testament, everything that happens is the Lord. Well, this is the Lord blessing him. But it's blessing because he's faithful. He's working hard. Joseph found favor in his eyes and became his attendant. Potiphar put him in charge of his household. He entrusted his care to everything he owned. From the time he put him in charge of his household and all that he owned, the Lord blessed the household of the Egyptian because of Joseph. The blessing of the Lord was on everything Potiphar had, both in the house and in the field. So Potiphar left everything he had in Joseph's care. With Joseph in charge, he did not concern himself with anything except the food he ate. That's the only thing he had to worry about. Can you imagine if you didn't have to worry about anything in your life except whether or not your steak this evening will be medium rare or rare? That's all he worried about. And Joseph prospered. He was put in charge of everything. Now still, it's not the life he had. He had the best life on earth. A wealthy boy, favorite of all the family. Life was good for him. Now he's got to work and he's got to work hard. That's exactly what he does. And he's faithful. He's a faithful servant. Boy, if we could just get that today. There is a crisis of faithfulness in the world today. Worse than I've ever seen, but it's always been a problem. Look what Jesus said in Mark, the eighth chapter of the people of his day. If anyone's ashamed of me and my words in this adulterous and sinful generation, what does it mean, adulterous generation? You think they were going out committing adultery? Not very likely. The penalty was death. Death tends to make people pause. You know, for example, if they were going to shoot you if you went over the speed limit, I bet y'all would drive a lot slower on the way home. They weren't just hopping. What is he talking about, adulterous? So, well, maybe it was just that religious people of the day. But even James, the one who wrote the first epistle in the New Testament, writes to the Christians, the Christians of his day, and he starts out by saying, you adulterous people. Were they committing adultery? No, they were not committing adultery. Again, highly unlikely. 
then what is he talking about? He's talking about people who are not faithful. And if there's one telltale sign of adulterous people in the heart of an adulterer, it is this. They're always looking for something that's better. Ah, if there's just someone better. There's always got to be something better, and they're always being pulled away by something that's better. And you know what? I'm uh, kind of having new revelations as I talk to millennials today because they tend to drive me a little crazy with their living at home at 32 and with mom still and all of a sudden not growing up, not getting a life, not getting responsible. They like to play house, but they don't want to get married. So what is it with you? I say, well, they're afraid. They don't want to grow, you know, but I'm telling you, I'm starting to learn that that's not necessarily it. You know, one of the main reasons I'm finding out from these guys as I talk to them why they won't commit, even to the girl they've been sleeping with for the last five years, what if someone else better comes along? That's what they think. That's what they think. What if there's something better? Ooh, I can't make it. What if there's something better? Oh, they'll take advantage of everybody and anything around them, suck the life out of everybody. Sure, but they don't want to make a commitment because, man, there might be something better. It is the essence of an adulterous, unfaithful heart. And there's Christian young men who think this way. Certainly not Christians. I was just in the Czech Republic, and uh, I was uh, doing an interview with uh, their main broadcast. You know, it's kind of like their version of Good Morning America, you know, that kind of thing. And the info babe that's interviewing me is, of course, incredibly gorgeous because they're all gorgeous. Actually, all those women over there were gorgeous. These Czech people, holy cow. And this one was like, holy, holy cow. <laughs> now, I was old enough to be their grandfather, but still, nonetheless, it was very impressive. So I'm being interviewed by this drop-dead gorgeous woman. And we're talking a lot, and I'm giving all these answers and stuff. And then after we were done, the producer of the show, who happens to be her boyfriend, they're not Christians, again, very atheistic country. Christianity's starting to make a comeback, and that's great. But... Uh, you know, very nice people, and we're talking, and she's adorable. She's not just gorgeous. Out there. You can tell she's the kind of person who's gorgeous on the inside, you know, and that's really what's more important. Trust me, guys. You just go after looks. She could be a psycho and drive you crazy, all right? <laughs> anyway, she's not like that. She's a really nice person, and she leaves the room, and I said, so, so why don't you marry her? And he goes, but what if there's someone better? You little snot! Good grief! He's living with this girl, enjoying the beauty and the notoriety and everything in their industry of this famous woman in their country, but he doesn't want to commit because there might be somebody better. So these guys are all waiting around. You know, I used to think when they say, Pastor, how do you know it's the one? I thought they were buying into this weird fantasy thing that so many girls got. You know, oh, there's one special person. Listen, God did not create one special person for you, you narcissist. All right? Step out of it. And I thought, what these guys were saying, but I'm starting to think that's not what they mean when they say the one. What they mean is, how did I know this is the best one? How do I know there might be somebody else coming along? Well, I got news for you. There's always someone better. That's life. It is. I don't care. There's always someone prettier. Just look around, ladies. There's somebody prettier than you somewhere near you. There's always someone prettier, nicer hair, bigger boobs, nicer butt. There's always something. And there's always some nicer guy who's nice and connects, makes a lot more money, very helpful around the house, unlike my wife's husband. <laughs> there's 
always somebody better. Stop with the, ooh, what's better, what's better? Stop. Of course there's no one. Don't be so insecure, you girls. Good grief. Oh, it's so much better. Yeah. Get over it. <laughs> Love commits, and you don't get obsessed by this nonsense. But you know what? <laughs> Christians are this way. They are. They're always looking for something that's better. Always better. That's why they don't commit to churches. I just got back from Kentucky yesterday. We were down in you know, the Bible Belt and Sweet people, but I am so glad I don't live down there. I'm <laughs> some wonderful people. You Bible belters, a bunch of whiny ad, jumping from one church to the other church to this church, and all these evangelical churches all competing with each other. And they go to a different church because, you know, hey, well, you know, they got a better youth program. And, Oh, oh they, got, they got a better this program. And, and I like the way this pastor preaches better than the other pastor. Just, they jump from church to church to church. We're starting to get more of that in Green Bay now that we've got more evangelical churches around here. Stop. Be faithful. It's required of a servant above all things that he is faithful. Someday the Lord's supposed to look at you and say, welcome, you good and faithful servant. If you're coming to our church, either Stevens Point, Appleton, Green Bay, because we just happen to be the nicest church you found, that's a bad place for you to be. Now, I get a lot of you have left other churches that, you know, didn't really talk about Jesus much. It was just a bunch of rules and regulations and stuff, and it wasn't doing you anything. That I get. But when you're in a church that you really find Christ, you don't need to be jumping to any other place. I promise you. If someone bought this piece of property, you guys over in Green Bay or in Appleton Point, we got a chunk of property right here next door. Nice hill. And if we sold that thing and someone came in and put a brand new church there with a bigger, cooler, hipper building and neater youth ministers and better children's programs and better music and a better looking pastor. We're talking the theoretically here. All right. I guarantee you, hundreds of you would go over there. No question in my mind. Why? Because we have a generation of people who still are not faithful. Don't think in those terms. You shouldn't be hopping anywhere else. Oh, something doesn't make me happy. Well, so what? Hang in there. Be faithful. You know, I got a list of people here. I was going to read them this morning. People that, who've been with us from Stevens Point from the get-go. People who've been with us, this church from the get-go. People from Apple from the get-go. I was going to read some of your names this morning, but I just realized you're not like me, and you probably don't want the whole world knowing who you are. But, so I, but you know who you are. You've been with us from the beginning, through all the changes, all the ups, all the downs, the good times, the bad times, the mistakes, the this, the that, and you're just faithful people. And they're not here because they don't think that they like everything we've done. They're here because they're faithful. They're like Joseph. They're faithful servants. This is my church. This is my church. I've often talked about how we need to be that kind of people. If you attend this church because this happens to be the nicest church you currently are aware of, that stinks. Don't be that way. Get part of something. Be faithful. Get some friends. Get committed. Get involved. Be a faithful servant. If something else better comes along, applaud for them. Oh, Pastor, there's a new church in town. They've got 10,000 people going because they're so much cooler than everything. So what? Bless them. God bless them. Let's keep serving God. Let's keep doing what we do. But no, people are like, ah. 
always something better. Oh, oh, running all over the place. Learn to be content. Paul writes about this. He says, I know what it is to be in need. I know what it is to have plenty. He says, I've learned the secret of being content in any and every situation. Have you learned the secret of being content? That's the key. And then he says, because I can do all these things through Christ who gives me strength. That's a Bible verse. People are like, oh, I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. That was a great victory verse. It's not really a victory verse. There's lots of victory verses if you need them. It's a, I can succeed and be happy even when my life sucks verse. That's what that verse is. Why? Because it's, I've learned to be content. Are you content? Are you always looking for something better? Sick of your wife looking for a prettier one? Sick of your husband looking for a nicer one? Always looking, maybe I'll find a church that's a little bit nicer. Just don't be that way. Don't have an adulterous heart. Be faithful. Get locked in and learn to be happy. So it's easy for you to say, Pastor, your life is a bowl of cherries. My life is not a bowl of cherries. We have all struggles and stuff. My darling wife's sick again with this cancer thing. We're trusting God for miracles, but this sucks. It's no fun, and sometimes you cry your eyeballs out. And you just don't even want to get out of bed in the morning. But you know what? You can still be happy. I can still be happy. It doesn't matter. We're going to celebrate no matter what. Because we have a God that loves us. And he's bigger than all of this. Life is hard, but the good news is we die. Seriously, if this life is your sole source of what happens in this life, your source of joy, you're one miserable soul. Man, we're just passing through this place. Even when it's hard, the Bible says, weeping may endure for a night, but joy comes in the morning. The good news is we are connected to eternity. Everything around you is temporal. The misery that you're experiencing is temporal. The frustration you're experiencing is temporal. Temporal. Those demon-possessed teenagers of yours are temporal. All of this stuff is temporary. Quit freaking out over temporary. Lock into eternity. We are locked into eternity. The Bible says we're already seated in heaven with Christ. It doesn't feel like it. I know because you got your eyes focused on temporary. The Bible says don't focus on the temporary. Focus on the eternal. Sometimes life is hard. There's people, I see some of you right now. I know your lives. You're going through struggles really hard. We pray for you. We feel for you. Some of you pray and feel for us. We get it. But it doesn't overwhelm us because that, even our worst circumstances, the good news is it's temporary. The great news is we're locked into the eternal. And that never changes because we have learned the secret that Paul had of being content in any circumstance because he focused on the eternal. All right, back to Joseph. Now, Joseph, the Bible says, was well-built and handsome. Ha-ha! <laughs> he was a pretty boy. Oi, papi, venica. Ooh, yes, come here. Yeah, 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 yeah. And after a while, the master's wife took notice of Joseph and said, oh, check him out. And said, come here, baby. Come to bed. Because she was looking for something that was better, you see. But he refused. He said, look, I, I, with me in charge, my master does not concern himself with anything in the house. Everything he owns, he's entrusted to my care. No one is greater in this house than I am. My master has withheld nothing from me except you because you're his wife. 
then how could I do such a wicked thing and sin against God? And though she spoke to Joseph day after day, she wouldn't let up. Every day. Yoo-hoo. He wouldn't have anything to do with it. And he even refused to be with her. Now, one day he went into the house to attend to his duties, and none of the servants were there. And she caught him by the cloak and said, hey, pretty boy, come to bed with me. But he left the cloak in her hand and ran out of the house. Well, she got really mad. And when she saw that he left his cloak in her hand and had run out of the house, she called to her servants, look, this Hebrew has been brought to us to make sport of us. He came here to sleep with me, but I screamed. And he heard me scream for help, but he left his cloak beside me and ran out of the house. She kept his cloak beside her until the master came home. When she told him the story, that Hebrew slave you brought to us came to make sport of me. But as soon as I screamed for help, he left his cloak beside me and ran out of the house. And when the master heard the story, his wife told him, this is how your slave treated me. He burned with anger. And Joseph's master took him and put him in prison, the place where the king's prisoners were confined. Now, this is not Brown County lockup. This is not even federal prison in Kansas. Went to many of them this last summer. I mean, it's be lousy that you're locked up and you can't do what you want to do, but these boys have it pretty easy, I got to tell you. Got TV, three meals a day. Some of them eat better now in prison than they did outside of prison. I mean, it's kind of an upside-down system, but it is what it is. That's today. This is prison some 4,000-plus years ago. This is not a pretty place. This is not a nice place. No, 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 no. It reeks. It smells. It's awful. Now stop and think of Joseph. Joseph leaves his house of luxury as the favorite child in this wealthy family, gets sold by his brothers, sold to the Egyptian. He's working his butt off. The lady tries to hit on him. He stays away, does the right thing, and now they throw him in jail. How frustrated would you be? And we pick it up. It says, but while Joseph was there in prison, he sat down and he started crying. He said, it's not fair. I didn't deserve this. I'm trying to serve God. Where's God? <laughs> oh, wait. It's a different verse. What does it actually say? Oh, the Lord was with him and showed him kindness and granted him favor in the eyes of the prison warden. So the warden put Joseph in charge of all those held in prison. But he was made res- and he was made responsible for all that was done there. The warden paid no attention to anything under Joseph's care because the Lord was with Joseph and gave him success in whatever he did. No matter what lemons this guy got, he made it into lemonade. And when it says these wardens didn't have to do anything or Potiphar didn't have to do that means Joseph had to do everything. The guy is still working his butt off. Stuck in jail. This is horrible. Again, this isn't jail like we know it. This is prison from thousands of years ago. These are dungeons. You watch these movies with it's real creepy. Dungeon things. This is where he is. The smell of caca is everywhere. (laughs) And he's succeeding and prospering. Man, how do you get like that? I got to tell you, it's a lot easier to preach this stuff than to live it. But we got to live it. Here is a man who was not focused on the temporal. He was focused on the eternal. He knew God was with him, and he did his best. He was faithful. He always worked his best, and no matter what his circumstances. He didn't sit and cry. He didn't feel pity for himself. A lot of guys in a situation like this would kill themselves in prison. 
Those people are like, even with our nice person who killed himself, I mean, they're so despondent. This guy's got every reason in the world to be despondent, depressed, angry, and bitter at God, and he does not do it. And we'll pick it up next week when we continue on this. Joseph is there for years. This wasn't a week. It wasn't a few months. Years. Talk about feeling hopeless. And these guys didn't have, you know, like a judge who says, you've got to be in for seven years, and then you get parole. You get throw in, you're in. No hope. But then watch what God does with this young man. It is an incredible, this is one of the most amazing stories in the Bible. And we'll pick it up next week. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your kindness and your grace. Lord, I thank you for these wonderful people that are part of this church. Thank you for the very faithful ones who are here. No matter what, they get it. They're serving you. Help us all to be faithful people. Help us be faithful to our wives, to our husbands, to all our situations. Even in jobs that we hate, help us be the best worker there. Help us, Lord, to, to, to succeed in every situation and to prosper because we do the right things and we choose to honor you. Lord, sometimes life is hard. There are some very difficult circumstances that many of us are facing here right now. People listening to me right now going through some really difficult things. But Lord, help us to be very cognizant, very aware that our worst situations, our biggest challenges, our most enduring trials are temporary. All of that stuff is temporary. Lord, we rejoice in the thoughts of the psalmist that says joy or weeping may endure for a night, but joy comes in the morning. We can celebrate knowing that we are tied to eternity and that our God can turn any situation around. We look forward to continuing this next week as we see how you start to turn this around even in the life of Joseph. Thank you for your faithfulness. Lord, for anyone who doesn't know this wonderful joy this morning, help them to surrender their heart to you, to come to you, to allow your grace to flood them so they can start to be connected with an eternal God who will always be there for them and give them victory over the temporary. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said, amen. God bless you guys.